How you doing, everyone? It is Thursday night. It's eight o'clock. It is time for another broadcast. For those who have never tuned into broadcast before, let me explain it. It's not just about beards. It's just about my big, hairy guys. What this is, is this is a lifestyle podcast. We talk to some of the most interesting individuals we have found from all around the world. We've had MMA fighters on. We've had musicians. We've had actors. We've had pro wrestlers. We've had... Uh, God, we've had uh, re- motorbike racers has been some of the most recent photographers, writers, and so much. We like to bring you a little bit of individuals and get to learn a bit about them, their careers, and the journeys that they've taken in their life, where they are right now in 2021. Uh, I'm Billy Kirkwood, I expect, uh, and this is the haircut I'm going with for this. Uh, today, I'm very excited because it's a gentleman that I've only just realised uh, today is pr- actually the first time I've got to talk to him properly. I think I think that's right. I'm probably going to get corrected in that and be like, sound like an asshole, and I've totally forgotten. But I'm pretty confident. I'm really excited. He has been entertaining audiences for 20 years. An award-winning comedian. I'm a big fan. I'm relishing the idea to get to talk to him about his career and uh, what's going on with him. So, ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome Mr. Johnny Mac to broadcast? Hello, uh, hello mate. Is is this the first time we've actually got to talk face to face? It is, mate, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'm a massive fan of yours as well. And kind of been following you for, for years. So to actually get to speak to you is awesome. Oh, mate, that's very kind of you to say. I appreciate that. There's no, there's no accounting for taste, but I'll, t- I'll take that anyway. Um, what what a wild place we find ourselves in 2021, Johnny. Before we, we sort of we get into the, the nuts and bolts of it, the pair of us work in comics uh, on perhaps very different trajectories, but as you know, in the self-employed world of entertainment, they always keep intertwining. Where we are right now, everything's closed down, uh, but um, how has this year been for you? Because we didn't get much of a warning in terms of everything closing down in, in the, the creative industries, did we? It was really a case of like, watch out in a couple of weeks, we might be closing down for a couple of months, and here we are a year later. <laughs> Bloody hell, how's the year been for you, man? It's Crazy. It's been, uh, like you say, kind of being self-employed. I lost about uh, a year's worth of work in uh, over five days. Yeah. Um, I was just, I just finished. We'd literally just got in. Uh, we did a, I do a Francie and Josie tribute show. Okay, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, and we were two. I think we had like three or four gigs in the week, literally before. Um, the last gig was in the Air Gaty, but we were just on the Monday. We were kind of like this chat of well, things might might stop, and then you know, and then and then you start getting phone calls saying, oh, oh we're going to postpone this just now. Oh, we'll see how it goes. This might happen. And then all of a sudden, everything shut down. So within five days, lost, yeah, a year's a year's worth of work, which um, I was kind of like really surprised because I was one of the. the the idiots that went, oh, three weeks, we're, 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 we're locked down for three weeks, I'll brown, we'll just, you know, me and my wife, I'll, we'll have a wee drink on a Tuesday afternoon, this is like, <laughs> and then three weeks goes to six weeks, and then you're yeah. like, oh, right. We didn't know, we didn't know, it was like, we, we were in uncharted territory at that point, because I was the same, it was like, uh, oh, listen, we're, we're probably going to have to close down the, the, you know, the stand and the clubs, are, oh, your, your weekend in Birmingham, but don't worry, we'll, we'll, we'll do it in June. We'll yeah. do it in June. Everything's going to be oh, brilliant, guys. I can't wait to the fringe. We're all going to be laughing about this. What? A, uh, but it just started stretching out, and people started getting that a little bit more nervous. But people didn't understand. Like it was literally days. You just watched the diary clear, and I was kind of like you as well. I was like, I had a new baby, so I was like, you know, a couple of weekends at home aren't going to hurt me. It'd be nice to you know learn the baby's full name, <laughs> all that type of thing. 
Find out who the mum is. Uh, who the mum is. I've got suspicions that it's the, yeah. the, woman, the woman that lives in my house who I'm assured is a lovely person, but I'm really going to see her. Because folk don't get it. It's like when, when you're a self-employed entertainer and you are like, as well as being a fantastic comedian, I mean, obviously you're singing on stage, you're doing the Francie and Josie show, which is this real, real amazing hybrid. For those that don't know, if you're watching, if you're one of our viewers in, say, New Zealand, for example, Francie and Josie is, uh, oh, what is the way to put it? It's an institution here in Scotland. Uh, it's a, a perfect merge of theatre, comedy and cabaret kind of all comes together. And uh, Francie and Josie were a legendary, legendary comedian's playing legendary characters who themselves are comic characters. There's so many things to it. And uh, you're bringing all these different things together. And so you're working between Panto, Live Entertainment, the show's down at the Hippodrome as well, which are amazing. We were we were due to come and see you guys. We were due to come and see you guys do your uh, summer show down at the Hippodrome. Me and the we're all coming down. And, uh, um, you've got to come hopefully this summer. I, I hope so. I hope so. And everything Thank closed you. down, but... Before I don't get it, you just finished Panto. You've got to keep things going. What was your initial thoughts when you saw everything kind of closing down and you saw it stretching out? You're like, this is trouble. Has anybody got an application for Sainsbury's? Or uh, what did you think? Was that a case of yeah. yeah. hold the fort? Uh, I, I, um, I kind of, um, I say, I've just finished Francie and Josie. Uh, right. And then literally on the, the next, the day that we locked down, I was supposed to drive down to uh, Yarmouth to start our pirate show, which we do every Easter. Yes. Um, and it kind of li literally got to the, the night before, and they said, oh, yeah, don't come. It's not going to work. We're closing down. Yeah, yeah. We're going to lockdown. So I was like, oh. So at that point, then you go, like yourself, kind of been away for so long, because usually in a year I'm away for maybe six, seven months of a year, kind of down south, travelling about. Yeah. Um, but, um, and then, so I got to spend some time with um, the woman that lives in my house, that she calls oh, herself wow. wife, so that's quite good as well. So I kind of got to know that person as well. <laughs> uh, I was like, oh, yes, so we've, we've got three weeks off, so we kind of just, I, I kind of treated the first the first uh, bit as a holiday. It was kind of yeah. like, oh, this is, you know, you know, exciting, and, uh, you know, oh, it's good to, but in three weeks' time, I'll be away and life will be back to normal. And then the phone calls coming of cancellation, and it's like, oh, right, this is going to go on for a little bit longer. But it'll definitely be by the summer. That'll, that'll be by July. I mean, because we do a kind of 14-week uh, summer season down in Great Yarmouth. That's definitely going to happen. And then, you you get, and then you get to July, and then it's like, ah, uh, well, well, I'm not very sure that it's going to happen. And then yeah. there was a slight window. A kind of, uh, there was kind of hope they they said come down because I think we're going to open up, um, and um, I think it was whatever phase they were in. Um, Boris was then going to move to the next phase where live entertainment could happen socially mm -hmm. distant. So, so I mean, um, the place where I work at the Hippodrome in Great Yarmouth had gone to all these lengths of getting um, uh, kind of uh, these kind of rules regulations in the theatre, making it safe for everyone. Um, yeah. We had Brandon Lewis, the MP, come down, um, you know, got the picture, stood in the ring like, hey, everything's going to be okay. Um, and meanwhile, we were kind of rehearsing but not really known. And literally, it could have been a Netflix, a Netflix kind of documentary because um, the, the the guy that owns the, the Hippodrome was like stood in the ring chatting to us at midday going, okay, last dress rehearsal with no people. And um, we had some press. We had like 10 people from the press in. 
and it was like that you know the positive spin on it they're going to they'll they'll write this thing we'll open tomorrow brilliant um, so he gave us this kind of like rocky speech of you know we're making history here guys we're going to be the first year that opens come on every you know every people have like you know come from all over the world we've got acts from all over Brazil etc and uh, he's like right so let's go to the dressing room mics on costume on let's go for it literally went back to the dressing room two minutes later he, he came in he was like I'm not opening tomorrow oh jeez so, so, so we paused so we had I think it was like another two and a half weeks yeah. Um, and then we managed to get open. We managed to open for uh, four weeks, kind of out of what should have been 12. Um, and it was socially distanced. Yep. Um, but, which was, it was, it was so nice. We didn't know what to expect, especially like comedy-wise or kind of family comedy-wise. They, they're, they're coming in, they're wearing masks, they're sitting down, they're, they're yeah. apart. You know, whereas you and I know that comedy works best when you're kind of bunched together and you're creating that buzz and everything, you know, you know. Um, but it went it went really well, and then I think, and then we managed. So I got kind of four weeks there, and then we right. got we did a Halloween show, which was two weeks, um, and then I haven't worked since. <laughs> so October, oh, October last time since I worked. But what an achievement to get still get things up and running because it's it's like you said, your 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 man that gives the speech. We're making history. We're yeah. we're reinventing how live yeah. entertainment's yeah. going to go. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, exactly. And but the one thing I thought was amazing, and, and it was interesting to see the sort of shift of performers all over the place. Like you saw some people that were, hey, some people haven't lifted a mic, some people haven't put on a, a, a blob of grease paint, some people haven't even went anywhere near the stage. But there was other people that are like, this is my job, this is my passion, I love this. Like yourself, that were remaining positive, and even uh, in your social media, there was always something every other day. I, I know you love you, I follow you on TikTok every other day, just something to just. Kind of like, we are still here. We are still in this. They just yeah. every day would make you laugh, and uh, and I think that's important not only for us as performers, but I think it's also for the the paying customers. Like, because obviously when you're in Panto or when you're down in Great Yarmouth, you've got people that come every year. You got people that come every year. They make a pilgrimage to come and see it. Did you find that it was because we did have people going, and, and I know you would have had the the same thing. You had people going like, "Is is are the shows happening?" You know, having that little thing, the contact you to go, "Are the shows happening?" And you yeah. had to kind of go, "We think so." <laughs> um, uh, how did you find that with the guys that are coming to see you every year? How how did you find out with your with your fan base or the people that support you? Yeah, I mean, the support's been uh, fantastic of people getting in touch. Uh, yeah. And kind of every other day, you would at least get a, a message from someone or an email, or a, um, or they kind of send kind of videos saying I'm enjoying myself, or uh, you know, just to hope you're all right, and uh, all we you know we've really missed you this year. Um, but yeah, like that, they would be in touch saying, "Oh, do you know what's happening?" And yeah, like, yeah, I, I don't speak to the government. I'm not sure, but I hope it's happening. Fingers crossed. You know, everything was, you know, the shows were all written and ready to go. For, yeah. Uh, for for um uh, uh, you know if if it did and when it did open up but um but yeah the thing about TikTok I kind of wanted to I was kind of saying to my wife Steph of going like you say the the creative genius in you and you and, yeah. and also as well you feel sorry for you know the the, the kind of like Joe Wicks um, doing PE with Joe is fantastic because it's bringing people together. It's giving like people something to focus for. Kind of the online stand-up stuff they're doing, you know, that people will yeah. kind of on Friday, Saturday night, which is brilliant as well. So, I, so I was saying to her, I was like, I don't really know what to do, you know, to 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 still kind of entertain people. Um, and then as chatting, it was like, oh, if I do like 
couple of TikToks a week, like just like small little, you know, 30 second things. So it's just enough. So, you know, if people are having a bad day or kind of, you know, or the kids are, you know, kind of playing up or kind of bold or whatever, yeah. you know, like it's like it doesn't have to be like a, a Saturday night or something. It can be like a Tuesday afternoon. There's like a little, oh, there's, there's a funny video for the look at that. Yeah. It'll just kind of hopefully tick people along to TikTok people along even. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Because uh, the thing is as well, it's like uh, as comedians, we can, we have a hard time turning it off. And I don't mean that in terms of like, well, you're walking around Asda. <laughs> you know, even even just, I mean, I've got, a, I've got a phone here and notebooks galore filled with notes. And I think it's also nice to help people know we are still here. The life and the entertainment and the, and the enjoyment that you got is still here. Like I remember the first lockdown, one of the hardest things, this sounds so silly, one of the hardest things that I felt was when I heard that Disneyland closed. And I remember going, geez. I know. And to me, Disneyland was still open somewhere. And yeah, to hear that it was closed, it was like, oh my God, it hit me. Yeah, exactly. um, sounds like such a silly little thing to do. But the fact that people still know that you're there, willing, ready to entertain. And hopefully, like I say, like you say, fingers crossed, we're heading the right way. Right. Yeah, I mean, like exactly the same. I mean, but that's and that's the thing. You know, when it all stops and you know, entertainment was the first to go and it'll be the last to come back. That's but right. you suddenly go, wow, forty. Don't have many qualifications. <laughs> kind of been doing this for my whole life. Kind of self-sustained. Uh, you, you're like, oh, uh, you know, you know, how can you, how can you retrain? Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, you, yeah, yeah. You know, I'd probably last that like a day in the office and then be sacked or something. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> you know, virtually, on a, they t- they talk about jobs being non-viable, virtually non-employable is a thing. Yeah, 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 We know something. These skills, these positivity. We're all going to be back on stage soon, hopefully. And yeah. uh, as as long as there's an audience, one and there is, there is. That's that's the one yeah. thing I've learned during this period. Certainly, uh, if you look at Australia, I've got some friends that are over doing the um, uh, comedy festivals there. Oh. Hungry audiences. Yeah. A couple of things I've done on certainly the the stand up shows I've done online, the garden gigs, the driving gigs. Yeah. Folk are ready. Folk will be ready, and I think it's yeah. going to be. Uh, um, and that's like when we did the summer. When we got that four weeks at the summer, say it was like socially distanced. So it went from we went from like a thousand, like a, a, the the theatre holds a thousand. Yeah. I think we were like at three hundred, and um, and kind of for the for the acts, you're like you know you know if you're kind of performing kind of death defying acts, you're like wow, just to three hundred people, but uh, that's hard. And also for comedy, so when we're writing yeah. it, you're like. You know, usually it's kind of panto-esque, so you're you're looking for that kind of interaction. But you know, they're not allowed to shout out, they're not allowed to like scream. You know, you've just got to sit and kind of watch, and you're like, you didn't know how it was going to be, and and, and how people were going to kind of interact, or would they want to interact, or would they just sit quiet, and would it be like they're just watching the TV? Yeah. But uh, exactly what you said, the, the kind of outpouring of three hundred people, you are suddenly like, wow, this this feels like it's full. Like this, yeah. this could be full. Like the way the the applause and the the kind of the, the energy in the room, and you're like, yeah, you know, people do really miss it. And I think when it comes back, I think there will be a real surgence of like, you know, people will be going right. Come on, we'll we'll, we'll go to everything, or we'll, you know, we'll try and support the arts. Yeah, it's going to be different for a whole new generation. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It, it's as wild as to think that'll be. They'll be, hey, do you want to go and see a comedy gig live? What, like on the telly? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know, I know, I know. I know. Yeah. You, know, you guys as well, like, is so the like kind of virtually you of you do 
do you have, I guess, like uh, the Zoom ones, the, the, the audience, you can't hear them or they don't. Like, you can't hear them. You well, can't can. hear them. You get, like I've done ones um, which have been with, I can't hear the audience, which is kind of having done some radio, you kind of get a little used to and you're doing something very different. But when the audience are there and you can hear them, it's like, it's just that the connection comes back that you only get from live performance. Yeah. Like no disrespect, sorry, that's the dog going nuts. Uh, that you only get from live performance. Mm. There's no substitute for it in the world. And I would say that to anyone, as much as the technology is, is coming up to scratch and it's amazing, nothing will ever substitute for that. And I think people know that. I think people know that. Yeah. Um, there's so much to cover with your career, Johnny. First of all, um, like I said, just before we kicked off, a little bonus fact for you. Johnny actually went to youth theatre with my wife, who is literally sitting in that room next door to us. Uh, she's such a such a small world. Were you and uh, were you and Liam actually? Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll come back to that in a bit. With a uh, so, I've got to ask, how did everything kick off? Because everyone takes a different journey. My background was originally art and design, and then I <laughs> I literally ended up painting sets for people in set designing, and then I ended up making my way on stage, and then I started telling dirty jokes, and then we're off. And that's kind of how these things happen. Um, and then you end up doing, you say yes to everything. That's If any if anyone was interested in creative arts, say yes to everything. It's really just have yourself, just have yourself the greatest time. But how did things kick off for you? So with the uh, youth theatre, it was youth theatre. I kind of I um I went to a summer school. Uh, my mum took me to like one of these uh, kind of during the, the summer holidays. At the, I'm originally from Kilmarnock, so right. down the uh, down at the Grands Hall, and it was like a week's uh, you know youth theatre. They put a show on in a week, and then on the, the Saturday, the mums and dads come and see it. Right. And, uh, so I ended up doing that, and I really really enjoyed it. Um, and then. Uh, from that, they they said, "Oh, do you want do you want to come on a Saturday?" And I was like, "Ah, oh, right, okay." And and I remember, um, like uh, Liam, who I do the Francie and Josie show with, uh, best pal, um, best man at my wedding. Um, but I remember the first time I saw him was on stage. He was like a, a local celebrity. He'd been on yeah. TV and um, did things. But I remember when I went to high school, um, you have like an introduction day where you come along and kind of get to look around the classes etc anyway sorry so we arrived in the morning and they were all taken into the hall and sat down and then Liam come on and did like 20 minutes of stand-up like doing gags and uh, stuff and I was like man who's that guy he's that's fun like yeah. You know, yeah he's great and like you know and uh, and everybody loved it so he was like in the youth theatre um uh, and then yes so started going to the palace youth theatre um and I still remember like the first show, it sounds like uh, kind of nostalgic or whatever. But I do remember doing that show, and when the curtain went up and could hear the audience, and I was like, uh, uh, "What a memory!" And yeah, that's that's kind of where it started. I only had two lines in the show, but I was like, "I think I might do this." <laughs> oh man, the two two lines, but I've got I'm getting these right. I'm yeah, getting... exactly. yeah. So I did so I did that. So I was in youth, but I was in youth theatre for for years. Um, yeah. And then from that, so I couldn't really get a Saturday job because if I got a Saturday job, then I couldn't go to youth theatre. So oh, no. um, me and Liam um, started doing discos. So we were right. doing, we were doing like uh, you know the local primary schools. So a, you know a good weekend would be a uh, you know a, a Friday night at Silverwood Primary. Uh, a Saturday, um, you would do a, get hopefully a Saturday night like a, a wedding or a party or a something, and then on a Sunday you would do a kids party as well. I think you'd get like five pound a 
Oh, so, yeah, so we did discos, uh, and kind of that—that that was probably the first kind of introduction to you know, speaking on the mic or yeah, doing that. And then the youth theatre was for the, the kind of performance acting side. <laughs> do you think that's something that? Uh, um, do you know? I mean, youth theatres are still uh, uh, prevalent in Scotland, but I don't know if it's a West Coast of Scotland thing. But I mean, I went to youth theatres. It seemed to be—it was like a journey, and it would be. That people would really find their their voice, their calling in life. Like I remember thinking, going to a youth theater as a kid, going like, "I know I don't want a nine to five job. I know there's there's something." Else. No disrespect to my dad, he's like he was a fencer and had. Listen, I'm the third kid. He had no idea what to make of me by the time. You know, <laughs> typical West Coast of Scotland dad. He's like, I just I don't get this one. I like you know he, he likes wrestling. I don't even know what that is. You know, he's just he's no idea what's going on. But it was something about, it's where you met your friends. Like you said, you met Liam. Yeah. It's where you met friends and you got a taste for it. Do you think it's something that's kind of lacking a little bit now? There's still youth theatres, of course, but it used to be a real, real sort of introduction for like an next phase of your life, just being able to break out the walls. Do you think it's something that's missing now or is it still something that we see a lot of in Scotland? I think it's still something we see a lot. A, a lot. I mean, there's uh, some really good, uh, UK theatre school uh, in St. Glasgow is massive. Uh, yeah. I was in just before the lockdown, and kind of the you know the Scottish youth theatre. Uh, um, but yeah, I think Comal's still going. There's a great one over in uh, Hamilton as well. And right. um, but it's de- but you're 100 percent right. It's uh, we used to, I, I, I always remember as a kid, uh, uh, kind of like living for a Saturday afternoon. Like that was your whole life like revolved around you know. And it was a, a, a social thing. I mean, I think the youth theatre was maybe only on for the senior youth theatre was like one to three. But Liam and I ended up like meeting at like half nine in the morning, helping out <laughs> with the junior youth theatre, going for going for lunch, uh, then doing the senior youth theatre, and then and then kind of like wandering about the town to like six seven o'clock at night, like and, the, and that was like a full youth theatre day if we weren't doing a disco. But um, it was like you know, and my my closest friends um, that were. From youth theatre days, you know, um, and then we, when we went to Edinburgh Festival. We did the festival, uh, yeah. Did a show at the festival, and then we got to because the the guy that ran Comanet Youth Theatre also ran Hamilton Youth Theatre at the time. So then we right. got to meet, uh, again really close pals. Uh, still now that kind of shaped my adult life of um, friendship group of uh, yeah met from Hamilton and you know kind of going all exotic. Going your mom, my mum would drive me to Comanet over nice. to Hamilton. It seemed like Miles away, days away. Yeah. <laughs> Remember those days when I've got. Do I, do I need to take a sleeping bag? <laughs> Am I going to make it? I know. I know. I, yeah. Well, I remember. I one again. One of the, the the. I remember the the husband and wife that ran the youth theatre at the time. We went. We did a again. There was the summer school, so we were helping out the junior youth theatre. We were helping out the, the, doing the senior youth theatre, and then we went for a. We did the summer week. We were like kind of. Helping there, and then and then we went over to Hamilton for like two weeks, I think, because because he, he had like a summer school over there. So like yeah. we were over there helping, and that was thing. We're like you know we're staying in his house and going to the, the thing and the yeah, well, yeah, was, yeah. So, yeah. So much fun. So what? Yeah, brilliant, brilliant times, brilliant times, brilliant. And you, and you got to go to Hamilton and see all those roundabouts. Very <laughs> exciting. And well, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, but when, when did the trip, because there always comes a part, particularly in your, your young life, when you, you're getting interested in this, you're getting, you're getting all excited, you're all, full of, you're all full, of, full of piss and vinegar, you're loving it, you're getting a little taste of it. But then 
always comes apart and there's nothing wrong with this. Some people will go into other facets of their life. Other people will will chase those those dreams, those passions. What was the next step for you? I mean, you're, so you're doing the youth theatre, you're loving this, you're thinking, I, I want to do this. What's the next step for you? Where where did you go in order to take your journey as a, a comedian, a performer, an actor? Where where did where did you go next? Uh, so I think from youth theatre, then ended up getting an agent. I think because Liam had done some kind of TV stuff, right? Um, and then and he was like, oh, she get an agent. So I ended up getting an, an agent, um, or kind of, and then ended up doing like loads of extra work. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was in. Take the high roads. Yes. That's the Baldy Man, the Aldi thing. Yeah. So I did that. Um and then and then and then my age uh, like so I was maybe I was seventeen and then I went for an audition for um a theatre and education company. So basically a, a, a schools tour. Uh, right. And it, uh, and it was touring around uh Tayside in Dundee and I was like 17 I'd just gone into six year at school anyway went up and auditioned for these people and uh, uh, they were like oh you're kind of really young I'm not sure and I was like oh I really I really want to do it I really want to do it so then so they offered me the job so then and my mum and dad were great so basically I left I left um, school in six year didn't do my exams and went into Dundee for six weeks <laughs> wow yeah, so uh, so then also went and did some TIE, uh, which is a great kind of um, learning ground, really. So I did that. I did that for a cup for um, for that was seventeen, and then I went down and worked at the new the centre parks um, at Penrith, right? So almost like red coat styly. Yeah. Again, kind of working on kind of you know doing kind of stand up, but also taking the, the you know the, the activities during the day. Yeah. And so you're building up all these skills. I mean, even in this short space of time, by the time you're like 18, 19 or what have you, you're getting all this live comedic experience, more than a lot of comedians have already, <laughs> like right now, guys that are on TV, you're building up all this, like the, getting up in front of an audience. It's like, if anyone's ever watched or if there's any young comics or performers, I've always asked, what's the one of the biggest things? It's stage time, stage time, stage yeah. time get up there yeah. and you are pulling all these skills together because particularly like you say center parks from doing the tour of the likes of was that a kind of m&m style thing when the the guys were going around dundee was it that type of thing like yeah, fast yeah. Food? So, for, so they, they i ended up working for uh, um m&m productions for like 12, 10 12 years uh but yeah. so this was a company from huddlesfield called impact right. and so, oh. so, so, did, so i worked for uh it was Impact and Craig, that's but I never worked Craig, that's but I did so um, Impact. I was when I did there a couple of and it's fast moving, it's fast moving stuff. You're like constantly going all the way uh, through to, to center parks, so things are going well. People are seeing what happens, people start seeing you and they think. Uh, we're, we're going to try and take them, or is it in the world of self-employment or self-employed actors? Was it a case of you just had to keep on pushing as a performer to try and create? Because lots of people just sit and wait for the phone to ring, but a lot of us have to make sure we're you know getting ourselves out there. What was what was the trip to try and take it to that next level for you? Um, so um, the next level was uh, so I'd been and worked abroad. I'd worked for Thompsons and kind of done entertainment, and then you were working six days a week. And then, but then yeah. on my day off, I was going to like bars and doing like little kind of stand up or kind of 
um, bits 20 minutes on the mic of eating a little bit extra money and uh, and then I came back and I was working for M&M Productions, TIE, touring round, and I was working in the office. Um, and um, the people that owned that were lovely. But they, and they also had friends that were out gigging in the, the working men's clubs. Um, and so I'd, at that time, I'd done kind of on-the-road touring, and then I was in the office, like, selling shows or directing shows. And uh, But I was still kind of yearning to uh, perform. So, um, Christine and Arnie, who are good friends now, um, a kind of singing duo, um, are massive in the clubs in Scotland. They're yeah. like, well, why don't you come? Why don't you come and do like a wee bit in between, like you know, our two forty-five? So we'll go on and do a bit, and we'll get you on, and then we'll finish off. Um, and and I was like, yeah, fantastic. So then they took me round for about a a year and a half of uh-huh. doing kind of fifteen twenty minute spots. Um, and some of the clubs were, were great and would see that 15 minutes and then book me for my own show and then, really? and then come off like the first couple of months come off and go I've only got 15 minutes <laughs> what <did I> do? <laughs> so like, it's alright it's, it's in 6 months time we'll help you so then so, so I kind of built up doing my own uh, show called uh, Meet the Max I do kind of car- like yeah. kind of 20 minutes of me and then uh, do like kind of character stuff um, so then so I started working uh, in the clubs um, and then I got a phone call. So I was in the office um, at m M&M and I got a phone call one day from uh, a producer saying that they were looking for somebody to go and do uh, a summer season. I think, again, it was like 16 weeks, so it was down, but it was doing the Haven circuit. So they were kind of, and they're, they're kind of split into kind of uh, weeks. So do like um, the West Coast, so you would start on the Monday and finish in the Sunday in Wales and then go to the East Coast and then start on the Monday and finish the Sunday. So you, you can basically do a kind of loop. So one-nighters, basically. Um, right. And the people that were doing it was a, a comedy double act, but they'd already got another contract, but they didn't want to, they wanted to put someone in. So basically I went and did that uh, that season for them, um, which which kind of really kicked everything, like everything off that kind of led from, from that kind of fifteen week summer season, I did the the Gatey summer season. Um, that did kind of Cromer and, and 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 stuff like that. So I saw that the 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 you had the the Gatey Whirl, which is yeah. a legendary thing yeah. uh, down here. It's like some people have done the Hollywood Bowl, some people have done it. I I remember going to Gatey Whirl. That is that's a big deal to me. That's a very big deal to me. But you're getting a baptism of fire during this period, like like you say you're. And we've all done it, you, you know. You get booked to do fifteen minutes. You've got five, uh, and you. <laughs> <laughs> I remember getting booked to do a gig in Orkney uh, once with a whole bunch of other comedians, and one of them basically, "You've got to do thirty minutes." It's like I've got eight at best. It's like, son, just go slow, <laughs> okay? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you just have to learn these things. You're so you're developing one man shows. You're out there doing summer seasons. You've got all this. You've got. You're saying yes to everything, which is an amazing thing to hear to any performer. You just want to learn and learn and taking it all in. Uh, what, going by very quickly to developing the act on your your own, what was your process in order to do that? Was it a case of did you, because, I mean, obviously there's different styles of comic and there's different yeah. styles of what they're doing. It's mo- mostly family audiences you're performing to. Would that yeah, be right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So what was your inspirations in terms of, I mean, I know you said you were, you were working with the guys, but... 
What was your taste in comedy around about that time? What was the things you were learning from to develop your own voice? What was the what was the things you were into? Well, we would I would always go we kind of go trips to Blackpool and watch kind of the kind of end of the pier people or you know the Paul Zerdin, the, the Roy Walkers, the Grumbleweeds. Brian Connor, Grumbleweeds, Cannon and Ball. Uh, yeah, 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 the Grumbleweeds are awesome. Um, in fact, the guy that I worked for in Yarmouth uh, is a massive Grumbleweeds fan and they used to own uh, loads of theatres kind of in Great Yarmouth and Scarborough and used to get the, the like all the kind of stars of the 80s and 90s that would do the end of the the, the, the kind of theatres and then um, he always said that as a kid he would sit and watch the Grumbleweeds show every time he said now I think back to it I cringe because he used to go backstage and be like eh, you didn't you missed the whatever gag out oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and it, you know as a like five six year old and they'd be like oh yeah right oh yeah we'll put it in tomorrow probably and then, now he's like now I look back and he'd probably like shut up get <laughs> even know the act off by heart and he'd be like well, you didn't say that, or you moved, you, you changed, you did that one, and then you did that one, and last night you did that one, and that one. So, but um, yeah, so that yeah, that that kind of stuff's kind of family, uh, I, I, and kind of going to, to pantomime as well. Like I, I really, um, kind of grew up admiring the people that could make me laugh, and then make like my mum or my gran or you know, uh, you know, uncles where everybody could laugh. So that I was trying to like throw the net as wide as possible to. Yeah. For everyone to get it, um, and that so it's, so then that's what I was kind of trying to do when I was working at for Thompsons or at Centre Parks, or, um, um, and that so that's kind of I was trying to make it as broad as possible. So at least if some people didn't like me, the majority might. Yeah. <laughs> so so that that was the thing combined kind of um, kind of doing doing that, and then I would just like pick. Uh, kind of uh, simple, but just pick subjects of, uh, you know, um, my, I don't know, like going to the shops and then say, well, like, what gags do I know or can I, can I make about going shopping and then write it and then what character would that suit or what would I do? And, yeah, and kind of daft stuff as well, like for, um, yeah, like Molten and Gag, I would come out with a, a, a like a the dinner suit and, and shorts on. And then say to like at the clubs, oh yeah, I saw the notice and it said smart but casual. But um, <laughs> which, which which I do remember an agent saying to me, Oh yeah, that's good, but you're still on stage for another hour and you're stood in shots and, and I think that was like, Oh yeah, but that's to me I was like, Oh that's that's a funny gag, but but if they do if they didn't get the first gag then you're like, Oh, it's gonna be a long night. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so yeah. But you learn as part of it as you go. I mean, it's yeah, like really. you see. Uh, you you listen to and I I'm not saying that people don't do it now uh, they they certainly should but you listen to the other performers like I'm learning even now as I'm sure you are you you learn every time you get on that stage you learn every time you do another show one of the big things is to listen to the guys that have been there before and even though you might not necessarily take what they say word for word you might go well, yeah. the, you get the lesson and yeah. that's why you've been so adaptable as a as a performer again to. You know, it's 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 the old story about like don't worry about the people that aren't laughing, worry about the people that are laughing. Yeah. You know, and uh, so you're going for the majority audience, making these big places laugh. Get into Panto, right? And I've I've got to talk about Panto because I'm a huge fan of you and Panto. I've only done I've I've done a I've done a bit of Panto myself, but not quite. Yeah, 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 no, no, yeah, I've that. never worked with Marty Pello. I've never worked with Marty Pello. <laughs> I can say that much because um, I I remember. Um, See it. What year was that? Was it Aladdin? It was Aladdin you did with Marty. Was that right? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Aladdin. Because I remember seeing the big, the big, huge poster and uh, and being like, uh, look at that. <laughs> Actually, literally putting my hand right over Marty Pillow's massive name to point to you. Look oh. at that. <laughs> <laughs> huge thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but you're you're getting all these. Uh, Reinventing the panto scene, it seemed like panto's always been such a, a warm thing in Scotland. The big school trips that would go along to see, I did it myself as a little kid, going to see them at the likes of the Magnum Leisure Centre, thinking about the people that were there, and starting to go through all the way through to Glasgow and what have you, and of course the, the likes of the Palace, the big ones. But it just seems to be in the last 10 years, and you've been very much at the heart of that, so it's amazing to see, panto's just gone to this completely different level. It's almost like it's been, you know, we talk about the changes in family entertainment in the last like 20 years yeah. but ironically panto has really developed into family entertainment is is kind of bad. people don't realize that family entertainment is still there in this form of panto how have you found it in your time because obviously you've gone all the way from the you know the, the youth years right through how have you found the sort of changes in, in panto in that time yeah i so um i kind of love Panto, my my birthdays is the 29th of December, so my my kind of birthday treat every single year was always to go through to the pantomime. So, um, I, I guess if you have been a kind of psychologist, I think that's maybe why I kind of got into it because I remember like the, every the, that kind of happy memory of just trying to recreate that kind of yeah. thing with a kid. So, because um, the, the whole family would go, and again it would be a full day out, and I'd be like, oh, this is quite good. Um, so yeah, so then doing M and M of the kind of TIE. So if you can get up at six o'clock in the morning, get in a van and drive two hours, set the set up, do the show, pack it down, get in the van, drive to the next place. Uh, you know, it's a, a great kind of uh, learning. Uh, yeah, and also as well, the, uh, and kind of honing your skills as well, you know, if you can kind of entertain just kind of like three, four hundred kids in a gym hall um, and hold their attention. Um, and I think the the, the 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 kind of evolution of pantomime um, kind of nowadays is it's, it's, it's very strong, but I think it's because of the people that are in charge uh, and, and the casting as well. Um, certainly kind of worked for, I've now worked for, Kudos, kind of four or five years, but the, yeah. the kind of the story element and the production values and the, the casting, you know, it doesn't have to be a stunt casting of, you know, kind of, I guess in the, the 80s, it was like, oh, we'll get a boxer in or we'll get a, a you know, somebody to, to play the near the ring or, you know, as you know, <laughs> that does still happen in, in certain cases, but, you know, yeah. usually it's it's kind of people who, are, who have who know the craft and, and 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 want to be there and want to want to do it to, to for the show you know what i mean they're not just trying to pick up a paycheck or you know etc so um so yeah so i did so i, but I did so i did 10 years at m&m and then uh, i went i did i did the air the gate pantomime but before that then i did like three years in ireland oh um, wow um so i did belfast and uh london very dairy um so that was good what were their those early roles were they as the 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 panto comic yes or... yeah yes yeah. So it was like the the muddles and the wishy-washy and yeah um I, I remember again i think it was i'm sure i might be i'm sure this is a story but liam liam was supposed to go to ireland but then he ended up getting a job so then he was like oh just he said i've i've spoke to the guy and he says that you know you're scottish and i know you so you can go over so i was like oh cool so i turned up in belfast went into the like the help the hilton and they get the guys sat there and there was like other actors there um 
and uh, but we kind of sat down and then he just started like dishing the parts out. There was like no addition. It was just like, all right, so you're what do you so you you can sing all right and you right you, uh, yeah you're handsome. You can be the prince. You can be yeah you can be the fairy. You can be this. You can be models or what you know. I'm like right okay like no script no thing and then, and then he went into rehearsal but um yeah so uh so yeah did that um that was good and then came back and then worked for a kind of uh a kind of producer called charles vance um down in crew so i did two years down in crew then came back to scotland uh did the gaiety and then went to king's edinburgh uh, yeah which was great for kudos that was for paul elliott um, and then I did five years at the Pavilion uh, in Glasgow, which was great, where I met my wife. Um, and uh, yeah, and then and then kind of now at the King's Glasgow. So the the kind of uh, but they say that because Michael, that I think if they care, if you care about the production and you want yeah. it to be the best, you know, um, and that the, the, the strong story um, and good casting, the audience as well can sense it. I think when you're having a good time on stage and you believe in what you're doing, yeah. I think you can, because we've, we've all seen pantos that are maybe a little listless or maybe they're not giving, you know, we're not pointing any fingers or anything, but <laughs> uh, we've all seen those pantos. Like, like you should never, uh, an old friend of mine, sadly not with us anymore, always said the one thing, you should always come away from a panto going, that was a great time. Yeah. Like you, you should always just come away, regardless. Even if it was, you know, in a in you know a gym hall, even if it was a little local community one, you should always be coming away going, "That was a good time. I love that." And um, one of the things I appreciate because I always get cast as the villain, always a funny villain, but never mind, I don't mind. Um, you get to write your own jokes half the time when you're the villain, but the uh, the um the the panto comic, it's it's when I was a kid or when I'd seen pantos, I didn't appreciate that role. Because you think, oh, that's just, you know, all the lines are in it. And that's just another member of the cast. They're funny. I think they're great. But it is. The whole show, I mean, they, like you say, there's a lot going on. And there's so many little cogs and intricate parts in a panto. Mm. Oh, like, it is normally, in some cases, unless it's done with the body, you are the narrator. You're the voice. You're that immediate connection between the audience and the story. Yeah. Yeah, the great thing is that's why I think is you can kind of break that fourth wall. Yeah, and, you know, kind of uh, prince and princess don't they, they? They kind of carry the story, but you know, it's all it's almost our kind of job to take the audience by the hand and like you know, you know, you, that's where you can kind of deviate from the script. Maybe if something goes wrong, you can kind of talk to them as as your pal and kind of like sometimes hammer up, sometimes play it serious. Yeah. You you know, you've always got you can you you can always kind of look out whereas other kind of members of the cast aren't afforded that kind of luxury. But that's no. again, like you say, kind of grown up uh remember when he watched the pantomime and, and seeing thinking these people were absolutely fantastic, you know, and that, yeah. you know, you you know, loving that. Um and that's the the good thing like now I can I kind of can share that with Elaine, because we can both talk to the audience and have that kind of comedy double act, uh, doing routines and kind of, you know, kind of taking the audience by the hand and guiding them through the story. How I've, I've got to ask this because I, I know you met your wife during uh, the pavilion. How was it during Panto? Is that right? That is right, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yes. How do you chat someone up during the course of a panto? I only ask this because it's always so frantic and yeah. so much running about. How did how did you pull that one off, Johnny? Yeah, the good the thing is I didn't because I'm absolutely 
horrendous. Uh, well, I always say that because it, it was we, we met, we, we didn't get together during the pantomime, but um, but I was Peter Pan and she was a lost boy. Work that one out, but um, the mad thing was that she had to help me. Uh, there was like a, a, a get put in, you know, typical panel. I get shot out of a cannon, but I get put into a cannon, and I had to run around and I had to change my like top. Um, and she had to like stand at the side and like hand me the jacket so I could put it on and go on. But I didn't, I didn't actually, we, we kind of like chatted and got on, but it was never like a kind of uh, flutty thing, oh. and then when the pantomime, when when we finished, then um, in January, then we were kind of we were still like socialising as a because yeah. we got on really well, um, and I think it was kind of mid February, and uh, but I, all, I mean I kind of ashamed to admit it, but I was all I was like to my my, my pal had to be like you know that he likes you. And I was like, oh. kind of like stood away, like going, uh, uh, like talking to somebody else, pretending I wasn't like listening. But anyway, so yeah, that yeah, I wish I wish I could tell you that I've uh, absolutely like smoothed up. <laughs> they kind of chatted it up with some hilarious lines, but you know, when you actually when actually matters, <laughs> I wasn't yeah. there. Tell you, <laughs> but don't ask me to confess my feelings. But it's a it's a real story. It's how it actually kind of <laughs> happens to be. Uh, yeah. Will you nip my pal? The old equivalent. fancy you? Where you go in there? Oh God, that's. I've got to admit the story with this lady uh, on the other side of this wall. Don't need to tell you. It doesn't paint me in a good light at all. Uh, oh, oh, come on. It's, it's only us, you can tell me. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But uh, um, but you've got to work with some huge names, first of all. We, we, we've got to talk about that. Uh, and one of the things you always find in Panto is there's no airs and graces, particularly people that have... You're in the middle of Panto, you're on top of each other. Whenever you're in any production, you're kind of on top of each other, you're in each other's pockets. Sometimes, as we've said, you'll see these people more than you'll see your family. Um, so they become family. You've worked with uh, Marty Pello, I believe. Uh, yeah. We worked closely with uh, Elena, of course, at the, uh, at the Kings. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. I, fingers crossed you guys are going to be back again this year. It's yeah. uh, you know things go the right way. We're we're going to be seeing you guys back on stage together. That's awesome. Um, what? How have those times been coming back to Scotland? Being in, I, I'm not saying this to annoy anybody. Being in the best, the hottest ticket in town when it comes to Panto. No disrespect for the guys that are doing the big ones up at the you know the hydro. Somebody really good. Uh, I love yeah. pay, I love paying sixty quid to see somebody that size. Uh, <laughs> I think it, I think it's great, but uh, what's it like being in, in that hottest second town? Because yeah, you you do have people that come back each and every year, and it's always so weird with audiences. We were talking about it earlier. You will have the people go, "Well, you, you did that joke last year. I saw you do a joke like that last year," or then you get the people that turn up and go, "You didn't do, you didn't do that." But it's like, I, well, I wouldn't do that because I did that last time you were here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I brought people expecting you to do that, but it's a different show. You can't win. Um, how has it been doing that show? Because that looks like that is just an absolute blast doing that at the Panto in the centre of Glasgow during the most hyperactive, exciting period in the calendar. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing like a, a you know a kind of West Coast audience, kind of Glasgow audience, of even on a Best Tuesday. World. It's Best like world. you know, you know, it's like a Saturday night. Um, but it's. I love it. It is uh, certainly it's n no word of a lie. It is all I've wanted to do. Yeah, you know, I've I've grown up watching pantomime, and I am uh, 
really passionate about about the, the show and about the story um, and about kind of giving people, you know, it's it's hard work, but they're only going to see it once a year. You know, we might yeah. do sixty shows, but you know, and if they save up the money and come and you know they expect a good show, so you want it to be the best they can be. So, and I've been very lucky. Uh, to, to work with uh, some fantastic people. Um, and it's great working with Elaine because she shares that same passion of, yeah. of, of making it uh, every show, you know, not just a Friday or a Saturday night, you know, a kind of Tuesday or Wednesday matinee, you know, these people have paid the money, so let's give them the show they deserve. And that kind of, and if it comes from the top, kind of, and filters down, then everybody's on the same page, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's when you hear stories, I mean, I've been kind of lucky touch wood that, uh, every show that I've been in, that that's kind of happened. But you hear these kind of horror stories of kind of like the star, the star turn does not, it doesn't really want to do it on a Tuesday afternoon, but they'll turn up on a Friday and a Saturday, you know. And you kind yeah. of feel, you kind of feel sorry for if that's kind of their experience. If the if the you know, and the the kids might not know that they're phoning it in, but they'll know something's not quite right. Yep. You, you know? can tell, yeah, yeah, you, you can totally tell. Yeah. But that, I mean, and that's the thing that the, the great thing about uh, Qdos is the way that pantomime has evolved and that, how they've changed pantomime is you know it's basically like a West End musical. Yeah, know, with the, the when you know you've got you know you're kind of only a small kind of cog in that machine really um but yeah. when you've got that you know the, the kind of production values the, the the sets the costumes the the, the kind of choreography uh the, the the special effects that they use you know like flying in a car over the audience or a, a magic carpet that turns to a 360 you know and you know you're like what this is you know just this kind of mind-blown and the great thing is that you watch kind of the mums or dads um that that have kind of paid the money to watch and then you, you as you come out on the magic carpet and it turns over and you see the guy sat there like exactly how does that work <laughs> you know and you know so there's something for everyone in there um but uh yeah elaine's fantastic to work with the, i think that I, I love the relationship that we've kind of built up over the the past few years and we we're, we're definitely on the same page of talking yeah you know it doesn't it doesn't just happen on the kind of the second week in November, like, oh, what should we do? You know, those kind of meetings and, and many people behind us, you know, um Michael Harrison who's who's in charge, they, there's there's many meetings that go on or emails, phone calls or um you're going to this routine or work. We've had this routine in uh, at the London Palladium, so this would be a good one. Do this, you know. So they, they really care about what they do. Because yeah, they're right up and down the country, kiddos, aren't they? I mean, they're the the Premier Leaguers of of yeah. time. I mean, they're, they're, they're up and down. Thirty-five, they've got round and about. Um, but and and that you know, it's a great kind of pool to be in because for exactly that, you know, that you know, if you write two of the routines, that you get three other ones as well of that, that's been in di different theatres that will go this. Right. This is a good one, or or this is how you know do this routine this year, and then we can do that one. You know, and it kind of moves around, um, and then yeah, and then Oculus are also with the uh, Twins FX, so they're the guys that have the flying carpets and the it's flying and the, the kind of I think uh, the one at the SEC was um, we had the giant gorilla, which was like the, took up the full size of the <laughs> the full size of the stage. And, um, 
I always wonder who is the guy that came up with the first, who who comes up with the idea first. It's like let's we're gonna make a giant gorilla. Yeah, no. because, and who's his mate that then backs him up and goes, "Yeah, we are." <laughs> yeah, because you and I go running into a room, go, "Let's get a giant gorilla." Shut up, hello, <laughs> Billy. Come on, yeah. you, man. Oh, just, just an idea, guys. Just an idea. <laughs> yeah, it'll work somewhere, I'm sure. No, I know, but the, and the, the crazy thing is, actually, you know, that takes about ten guys to operate yeah. for, it, for it to work. But then, and when you watch it from the front, is you're like. That that gorilla's alive, and you know how's how is that? How are you? It's, uh, yeah. And is, so, it, is it amazing for you as like a, 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 as a as a performer? Because the thing is, when you when you're a comedian, initially you do kind of you're you're solo, you're on your own, but you've got all this acting experience. So the collaborative process, which I know you use uh, with the pantos, of course, but then of course there's the shows down south, the the, the Hippodrome, which are which like are, are huge shows. You help put those together. Fingers crossed, we're going to see more of those this year. What what have they got coming up? Because, like I say, there might be people here in Scotland that just know you from the pantos yeah, yeah, yeah. or what you've done. But the shows down there, they're very different. They're almost like I don't want to say they're the greatest showman before the greatest showman, but they are. The uh, it's a it's a reinvention again of that huge live cabaret entertainment uh, entertainment show that. People will say things like, "Oh, well, you know, that's that's old fashioned." But again, they're reinvented. The re use a phrase like "reinvented," "rebooted," and I hate saying that, but um, it's a continuation of those sagas. What are those shows like? Uh, fantastic and fantastic to um, to to work on. I, I was a fan before I got in the show. My friends used to be do the summer season, uh, and I used to go down and watch them, um, and kind of. Uh, then ended up being in the show. The, the theatre itself is is steeped in history um, yeah. and run by uh, the Jay family, Peter Jay, um, who they, 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 they used to do the Blackpool um, Circus um, and the Superdome, uh, kind of uh, massive in show business, kind of worked with all the, the great people. Um, and they run the, the Hippodrome which is uh, a site, I mean, the start of the show is the building, um, yeah. the theatre, it's in the round, so the, the circus ring in the middle, and then a thousand seats round about, um, and it's uh, the, the summer show is a, a circus and water spectacular, so the, 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 the ring drops into a swimming pool, which is amazing. Uh, I mean, to, 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 to see it uh, uh, every day and kind of the reaction that it gets and, you know, it's, it's still the original um, mechanics of over 100 years of kind of how it works and, and the boys come, you know, the boys coming out and it's all in pins and then it's pulled and it drops down. Yeah, it's, it's great. But, the, yeah, the shows are, uh, uh, are something to behold. It was kind of, yeah, the greatest showman before the greatest showman. You're absolutely right. Um, yeah. It's a, in a mix of... Uh, circus uh, and kind of popular culture uh, uh, and uh, I've been looking off, I think this is my 11th year that I've been working there um, and the family again just want it to be the best it can be so they'll, they'll have acts when 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 we're allowed from all over the world so for 10 years you know I've been meeting kind of yeah, Brazilian, Argentinian, Spanish uh, Russian, Polish that come over and have these like sensational acts you know it's not, you know, just People are risking their lives to to entertain and manage to do it. I mean, the summer season will run. I think 
when we did the last full one, it was like 120 shows, and they're right. doing this 120 times, and they come out, and it, so it's great. So then in between, you've got this guy. Just <laughs> yes, he risked his life. I'm now going to tell you a joke because uh, I don't want to. It's the best gig. It's the best gig. Well, I know, I know. And, and you get the applause and you're like, wow, he just risked his life and I just told you. Thanks, Again, you. Thanks very much. But I, yeah, love I love doing cabaret shows. When you yeah, 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 come yeah. on after someone that's just hung around in flames, you go, hello! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Somebody just dropped 30 foot and stopped like that off the floor and then you're like, hey, guys, <laughs> I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> but, um, uh, but yeah, so the, the, the shows are really good. The tech behind it as well. So we did, so I think I did about six or seven just summer shows. And then we started talking about um, doing uh, something for the Easter holidays. So we did a pirate show. So we've got a full-size pirate galleon. Um, and that's much more pantomime, much more story-driven. Um, uh, and uh, then the summer show is in the round. So that's the thousand seats. And uh, is, is kind of more just kind of Britain's Got Talent and I, I, I would say at least two or three of the acts every year have been on Britain's Got Talent so um, yeah. and, and um, the guys come down and scout out and go oh we'd like them to come on so you know that's the kind of uh, Have they ever have they ever mentioned to you about doing Britain's Got Talent? You ever had the Britain's Got Talent I'm business card? My talent so when I find it I say it's all right in but uh, <laughs> I got it once backstage at the stand in Glasgow, and they went, "He going?" I was like, "Oh, absolutely not! <laughs> like, <laughs> absolutely yeah, not!" Yeah, I, yeah. I, did you guys see what I did? Yeah, that's good. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get five X's, and wow. there's only four, <laughs> so I'm, I'm out of this. No, uh, yeah. So, but, I, so it's really kind of a really good. And you've got. I've definitely come down and bring the family. We'll look after you. It's just. It's, it's a great. It's kind of such a, a special place and what they create and that again what kind of you know on a I keep talking about a Tuesday I don't know why but like a Tuesday afternoon you get this like Saturday night show you know yeah. kind of techniques water kind of you know it's just it's, it's non-stop it's like a train but and that's the thing every year you have to keep raising the bar so um so but it's a great thing for you know for the, the, the kind of pantomime and the summer help because if you've been kind of gigging for 15 weeks in the summer you've you know you've got that for panel you know so you and then the same you finish the panel and then you can go into that with different ideas for the summer so um i just want it all to come back yeah yes yeah, well, I, I could i could see it in your eyes i was about to see even when you were talking about raising the bar and it's it's why it's why we do it and it's why yeah. i would say to anyone that particularly during this period or you know even out of this period if you're if you're thinking you're working hard and you're getting frustrated trust me you will meet people that are as passionate and excited about doing it as you. Yes, it's, uh, it's worth slogging through to get there to get to those people because it's it's thoroughly worth it. Yeah. Johnny, I could I could uh, literally I could do like another hour talking to you. There's so much, but yeah. I'm, I'm wary of time. I've got some quick fires here for you. Uh, um, quick fires. One thing I have to ask, and I know it's a passion project to yours as well, but we got to talk very quickly about the Francie and Joshua show. Um, you guys brought it back in a way that is scary because it is like because. What I loved about it was the was the with the love it's done because you guys aren't turning around going this is the new Francie and Josie this is a tribute to Ricky Fulton and Jack Wilroy uh, you know it's 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 a real kiss in the cheek to those guys and bringing it to a whole new generation yeah. is this a passion project to use because you can feel it every time you see you guys 
you and Liam especially, who's a f- fantastic performer. You guys just work so amazingly well together. Yeah. And uh, I, I love Liam to bits. I've only met him twice and I think he's amazing. Um, but uh, you guys work so together. What's that show like to recreate? Are, they, are these two icons of yours? Yeah, so um, uh, I'll, I'll keep it brief. But yeah, the Francie and Josie, uh, yeah, it's a kind of passion project. So we both separately grew up. My gran lived with, with us um, for... Uh, most of my life so um and we used to uh sit the house itself she had her own little kind of room and uh, uh bathroom uh, tv room so we'd sit in there and watch, uh, have a dinner with my gran and we'd watch francie and Josie. um so and then my mum and so we, we me and my sister could recite the routines uh, and this kind of made my gran loved it, so she she would end up go switch that off, do their growth gag, so then we'd you know we'd do the, the <laughs> stuff. So um, so and then then my mum took us to see them live, one of the last ones live at the Kings. Um, wow. I remember, yeah, which was great. So I kind of remember that, and then um, then meeting Liam and being pals, and then talking about Francie and Josie, and then when I said the we went to the Edinburgh Festival with the youth theatre. I remember we had to, it was £250 per person to go over. You had to pay that. Um, and Liam and I, we just we didn't have that money. So we were like, oh, maybe we could put on a show. Maybe we could do a show and then charge people money. <laughs> and then that could pay for us to go. So we then created a double act called Me and Him. And it was a kind of tour, a tour variety show. And within that, we did half an hour of Francie and Josie. Um, so we wrote to Ricky Fulton and Jack Mulroy at the time and said, oh, we're you know, part of the youth theatre. We'd love to do Francie and Josie. Would that be uh, at all possible? Because we also had a contact from Popplewells in Air, which was the costume hire shop at the Gaty. And there was the original Francie and Josie suits that were there. So we could get, we could get them. And if we got permission, then we could do the thing. So, and then Ricky and Jack both wrote back. Ricky wrote back and said, yeah, yes, you can do it as long as you stick to the original script and don't deviate uh, word for word, uh, et cetera. So we did that. And um, I think that was like 96 or 97. And uh, then and we got it recorded on VHS <laughs> tape and sent oh, wow. it. And then, and then uh, I mean, we sent it to them and said, oh, this is what we've done. And then they wrote back and said, yeah, the, qual- the quality, you can't really hear the sound, the sound quality, cause, uh, but uh, it looks fantastic. Keep it up, etc., um, uh, etc. Et and then yeah. and then we did it again, I think maybe like two years later, again, wrote to them and had the permission and things. So then fast forward, Liam was has been doing his own show at the Palace for the past 10 years. I think January time he usually does it. That's <clears> right. And uh, I think it, maybe it was the t- maybe the 10th one? Or, yeah. I think he did have an anniversary because I did the Palace not that long after his last one. Right. Did I get the feeling it was an anniversary? Or was it meant to be the 10th this year? I think it was the 10th a couple of years ago. Yeah. Anyway. Well, so it must have been the 5th. Or, oh yeah, it was like a few years ago. But I remember kind of chatting over a few bottles of wine and going, oh, you know, it would be funny if we did, like, the Francie and Josie thing is like a kind of nod to what we used to do, like, just come on and then, and I was like, oh, yeah, and like, let, let's not tell our mums our dads and we'll just come on and do it because they would absolutely love it because my mum's always been like, you should be doing that, you should do that as a show. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, 
yeah, so we did it for his show and we invited um, Jack's wife along, Mary Lee, um, um, because we've had a few connections through the gate and various other places. So she came and watched it. Um, we did it. It was a great success. She came back and she was like, "This should run. This should be a. This should be a show. You two of us." So then we're like, "Well, if she's seen it, maybe we maybe we should kind of try and do that." So yeah. Um, and then so we so we did I think six or seven theatres uh, and it kind of sold out and and did well and yeah we've we've kept bringing it back because um, it really is. I mean, it's an absolute like privilege to stand on stage and do those routines, and you know, I call it the like bomb proof because the audience already know what's coming. It's you know, yeah. it's carry jokey. They they they're like saying the the kind of the words along with you at points, yeah. or you know, round of applause. For, I mean, I now do uh, I am jolly, and the chair gets a round of applause when the lights come up, which is just like really? hairs in the back of your neck stand up, like you're like, wow, this is yeah, it's fantastic. And they're timeless. They're timeless yeah, as well, timeless. I think. We've done we've done like a, a few kind of different versions of it. The one that we did just before lockdown was kind of my favourite. We we kind of uh, we brought in a director uh, Andrew Agnew, who's fantastic. Um, um, PC Plumpy Balmori. Oh, um, yeah, Dave. There we go. Yeah, sorry, sorry, uh, Andrew. But Andrew, uh, such a I, he's, we've kind of worked on a few different projects. Uh, both of us living together. So um, and he came in and uh, he was singing in the show, and we had uh, the St Andrews Sisters. Um, as an act, but we kind of like made it more uh, kind of play esque, as opposed to just stand front and do the, the routine. So, um, so that 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 worked really well. And uh, but just doing the growth gag or remember the jokes and the and the I am jolly as well. Just you know, it's a privilege to to do that. And it's really to, like you say to keep to keep the memory of them alive and also to bring it to a new a new audience. We because of the pantomime or uh, kind of other stuff that we've done, um, the kind of um, if you people that come and see it or that have seen you in pantomime, we, we have a, a couple of times where at the beginning where they're like they're really good. I didn't know who they were until you did it, and then I was like. What? You need to go and find Francie and Josie and go and watch how, how these guys did it. It's, you know, it's amazing. But, um, yeah. yes, so we're really enjoying it. So we're supposed to do the pavilion, which has been postponed, I think, oh, two or three times now. But hopefully um, it's in for October. Um, right, hang on, I might have a wee... Uh, let me double-check. Boom. Here we go. Oh, me. <laughs> Look at that. There we go. There we go. Uh, I think that one's not this year. But... Um, uh, <laughs> Gonna be said, you gotta check out because I was gonna say you say like there's so many you weren't a comedy fan in Scotland unless you had the green and white scotch and rye tape and the Francie and Josie VHS. Everybody knows there's a generation of folk that know exactly what those two tapes were. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Scotch and Rye for Hugman and yeah, Francie and Josie, yeah, the, the farewell at Glasgow Kings. I don't know how many tapes I've burnt out of that with my grand, but Definitely. Right, a couple of quick fire ones. First of all, uh, one for me. What does Marty Pello smell like? Does he smell nice? Yes. Yeah. 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 I could tell by the poster. Of course he does. Yeah. I could. I just had the had the feeling. Had the feeling. He's, don't I? he's such a lovely guy as well. I remember he 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 um he was like we were working over the panel in New Year. He was like, uh, "Would you would you have for on the first of January?" I was like, "Eh." Don't know, like Chinese takeaway. He's like, need to have steak pie. He's like, I know the best steak pie. So then, like, the, on Hugman A came by. He was like, what a massive steak pie. He, 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 he knew a guy in Dumbledore that's got the best steak pie, and it was a fantastic steak pie. So thanks. Oh, wow. He was like, there you go, mate. Have that. So, 
No, I want a steak pie. He doesn't sell a steak pie, by the way, but yeah, he, he does deliver <laughs> steak pie. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Marty, if you're watching, get steak, Marty Pillow steak pies in production, oh, mate. It's so good they put his name to it. Well, there you go, there you go. Um, but one of the other big things, a couple of quick things. You come from the generation of people that have gone right up through the youth theatre and made it all the way to these big platforms. You're as passionate about it now as you were from that young kid that turned around and went, I, I fancy doing this, I fancy doing this. What would be the advice you would give to anyone? Age is not really enough. Age is just but a number, but what advice would you give to anyone that is looking to get into either the creative arts or again to look into entertainment or even comedy? What would be the advice you'd give to anyone that is maybe looking to take that journey? Just follow your passion if that's what you want to do. And like what we touched on throughout this interview is just keep uh, like stage time. If you can get any stage time, say, of, like, and do any any gigs that you can. Uh, yeah. And uh, listen to the people that have gone before you or and, and take on the advice. Some of it, people will try and put you off, but the good people will try and build you up and, and, and kind of push you forward. Yeah. Like, like you said, Billy, just you need to say yes to everything you know if you're if you're if you're slightly out with your comfort zone it's probably doing you good and you can probably yeah. learn you know i've you know there's been a couple of horrendous gigs i've had but i did learn from them um, and then it makes the, the the good ones all all that sweeter when you, when it, it also gets to the point that you see when you're in the middle of the good ones and i don't mean that's any pun intended you actually find yourself enjoying <laughs> enjoying yourself. It's like, exactly. Yes, exactly. And that's, why, that's where the catchphrase came from because I used to prop it up with a couple of dodgy gags and then I'd be like, I'm enjoying myself. And then that would they would be like, oh, you didn't say that one. Or oh, I'm enjoying it. Oh, that's quite funny. So that's where that came from as well. But yeah, just uh, yeah, just <clears throat> follow your passion. Don't get put don't get put off. Don't don't let don't let people put you off if you if you want to do it. Go for it. Just go for it. Well, you've you've also answered my last question because I oh, always sorry. wondered the origins of the catchphrase. Uh, uh, I'm enjoying myself because people turn up to your shows without on t-shirts. I'm pretty sure there's going to be a tattoo out there somewhere. Pretty yeah. sure. Uh, have you? Has, has anyone came up with a tattoo yet? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. I've still got some room left. I've still got some room left, Johnny. That would make my day. But um, yeah, no, I did it. That was from gigging. I'm doing like uh, some cruise ship stuff. And uh, when you have to do like two forty-five, so and kind of what you said when I start when I started out when I was doing the Thompson circuit, it was like a tight fifty. But then when you went to the do the ships, it was like two forty-five. So I was like, well, I've got a tight fifty, but I don't I don't have the the rest. So the, so then I was like, so you start putting gags in that would kind of just get you through, and then I'm enjoying myself, and then. It started to kind of catch on, and then it was actually at the Pavilion Panto. We did the uh, the Wizard uh, of Oz, and uh, right. I was playing the Tin Man, and again, in for a meeting me and Gordon, and uh, saying, right, so what, what what gags do you want to put in? What are you going to do? And then, literally near the end of the the meeting, I was like, oh, and I've 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 been working in this thing, like doing a little catchphrase, saying I'm enjoying myself, and it was like, right, okay, so then fast forward six months when the script came out, and there was like loads of I'm enjoying myself, and I was like, oh, okay. And literally from the from the first show, it, so through I maybe said that like every time I came on stage, and then at the end when you like step forward and you know you say oh thanks very much and come again and that we're doing this next year, and then I just step forward and go, I've enjoyed myself, and the place went. Hey. And I was like, wow, this is this is so yeah. So that's what I'm enjoying myself uh, came from, and uh, yeah, I love it. <laughs> 
there's not a lot of people that have a powerful catchphrase in this day and age as well. Oh, so you're, exactly, exactly, exactly. You're a pioneer. I wonder how many awful, I'm enjoying myself, catch, rip-off catchphrases that are out there. <laughs> Guys that have seen you and they're like, I'm going to get it. Yeah. This is cracking. Get off! <laughs> I know. Uh, no, it's when it's when they get it wrong. When they come up to you, you go, "Hey, hey, are you having a good time?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You're, yeah. you're, you're there with a t-shirt on. I'm enjoying yeah. myself. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The vuvuzela, the the party popper, and the t-shirt, the hat, the thing. But yeah, no, it's, it's and when I work down south as well, when I get the when the um, the, the parents send videos of the kid, um, and uh, you know, kind of the English ones. Doing a Scottish accent of it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I love it. I love it. So we know. Hopefully, you're going to be back in Panto at the Kings at the end of this year. Yeah. But uh, it's a constantly changing things. I know from when we're recording this in about an hour's time, we're hopefully hearing what's going to be going on here in Scotland. But we obviously want everyone to be safe. We know the amount of work that clubs, theatres, venues are putting into making sure they are safe and they are ready for when we can start letting audiences in, even if it's in the small numbers up into the big numbers. Uh, but hopefully we're going to be there sooner or later. What's coming up for you, Johnny? What have we got coming up? So at this moment in time, there's lots of things on hold, but I'm hoping to, for the pirate show, I'm actually uh, quarantining at the moment to go down to Yarmouth and we're going to film... Um, a pirate show which will be available to stream um yes. so i'm going to be doing that in three weeks time uh, and then hopefully this summer uh, as kind of boris has kind of laid out hopefully by the 21st of june we'll have some kind of uh, um, theaters and shows open and everybody back together so that would be that would be summertime uh, i know yeah, I can't. I know. Like, I, I, even yeah. the idea of it every now and then. I mean, it's even. Yeah. At, I mean, I've got. I've got. I think I've got two gigs in the day, <laughs> in the in the diary. But even the idea of it, it makes my heart flutter. And it's like, oh, oh my! Just, just imagine. It's mad. Uh, actually, what see, like watching. Uh, we were watching um, Hamilton on the Disney Plus, and also as well when you see. Uh, Whatever these kind of the, the the shows that are shot live, and you just hear that audience reaction, you you kind of get like emotional, going like remembering, going, please, you just want it to come back. And I knew I missed it, but I, I like missed I've missed it so much. But well, I I got I got to do a gig at the weekend, the uh, the comedy cellar, the immersive yeah. gig, and I didn't realize how much I missed it. I nearly started bawling when I came off, oh. even though it wasn't the same. Even though it wasn't the same, it was a it was a taste. It was like an addict getting that little taste, and it was like, "Oh my, I'm I am ready. I am still in love with this. I am oh, still in love with this." Well, the thing is, we're talking about the pantomime, so it's supposed to, it was supposed to be Cinderella, um, and then it got put off. Now, my as my wife will testify, and my family that the that my favourite pantomime is is Cinderella, and to play buttons and to play buttons at the Kings in Glasgow has been a, abs like a, an absolute topper of a dream. That would be the one. And uh, so when it didn't happen, I was like, oh, you're like somebody upstairs does not like me. Somebody upstairs is me. <laughs> this is not happening. So so when it comes back, I, and when I talk to Elaine, when we talk about our, our, our routines that we could happen, I'm like, I think I'll just cry when I walk on stage. I think if I'm dressed in that Buttons outfit and it's a packed Kings, I'll be like, 
I like the show run at like three hours. There'll only be like two hours of story and an hour of me trying to hold it together. You know what I mean? I, I'm glad we both said that because I've literally thought this. Yeah, I've had the same worry. Good. What if I, the last good man? Yeah, honestly, I, I like. Yeah, it does it's like to think of a full theater or that 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 reaction of it might just hit me. It might just. You got people that waited for the night out for two years. Exactly. I didn't wait for this. Uh, is this his boy's act now? He just comes out and cries. It's very new age. It's very new age. So, yeah, something different, son. I'll give you that. <laughs> Somebody throw a pie. <laughs> just, I don't know why every audience member is always my dad. <laughs> right, uh, uh, Johnny, it's been such a delight uh, talking to you. I hope we do it again very soon. And you know something? I hope we get to do it in the real world. Digital world is all very great, but... Um, so excited to hear you're going to be doing something. You're going to be down doing uh, the pirate stuff down at the Hippodrome. I saw a little video this morning. I uh, was at a picture of them inside the building. So it was like, oh, something's happening. Something's yeah. happening. So uh, it's good to hear that. So what I'll do is I'll just pop you in the green room and I'll, I'll finish up and then we'll get to say our goodbyes. Everyone, our amazing guest. Uh, what a journey. Uh, let's hear for the wonderful Mr. Johnny Mac. Thank you very much. Right, well, listen, that's all we've got time for on broadcast. We bring you the most interesting every time we do these. It's always a different journey from a different place by a different type of individual. That was awesome. Thank you once again to Johnny Mack. You can check out everything he's doing. Don't forget to get in touch with him. Of course, if you're interested to hear what he's up to, you can check him out at johnnymack.com. And, of course, he is on all the social medias as well. Make sure to check out everything that's going on with that pirate show, which sounds amazing. And, of course, later on this year, uh, hopefully he'll be doing some show in the summer. And, of course, that panto. That's all we've got time for on broadcast. We are going to be back with an amazing guest as well next week. Uh, you're not going to be quite ready for who it was next week, but we'll let you know. You can make sure to check out everything that's going on at Broadway Royals. And, of course, uh, you can check me out at BillyKirkwoodComedy.com as well. That's all we've got time for. Buy some gear. Buy some merch. Stay safe. And we'll see you on the other side. Now it's the point of the show because it's just me. There's no technician here or anything, but it's just me. Am I going to be able to start the finishing video without looking at the screen? We play this game each and every time. Can I do it? Can I do it? Can I see the cursor that's kind of my eye? Can I do it? God! <laughs>